Hello and welcome to the Biz Design Enterprise Architecture Podcast. My name is Will Scott, and in these podcasts, we talk to leaders in the area of enterprise architecture and how they and their teams drive and deliver value to their organizations in advancing strategy, optimizing operations, or reducing and managing risk. In these current difficult times, we'll be specifically talking to organizations and understanding how they are responding to the global COVID-19 pandemic. Today, we won't be interviewing an enterprise architect, but rather a CIO. Nick Chadaro is a CIO at Arctic Glacier. Arctic Glacier is North America's leading manufacturer and direct-to-store distributor of premium quality package ice, ice equipment, and related services. We begin, as has become the norm, talking about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected Arctic Glacier and how they looked at the right technology to support the new remote working norm how they assessed the stability of their vendors and tested their resiliency programs, and how Arctic Glacier operates and competes in the new normal environment, and how the pandemic has moved digital transformation and disruption to the forefront of what CIOs are looking for. So let's go to that interview now. So hello and welcome to this podcast, a little bit different format today. Today I'm joined by Brenda Cowie, who's Vice President of Client Services at BizDesign. And today we're going to be talking to Nick Chadaro at Arctic Glacier. So, Nick, why don't we begin with you? And perhaps for our listeners, you could just introduce yourself, tell us a bit more about your role, and also your company. Uh, hi. Uh, so, it's uh, Nick Chattero. I'm the uh, Chief Information Officer for Arctic Glacier. We're one of the largest uh, packaged ice companies in North America. Uh, we've been kind of started a, a digital transformation and a change in, in, in our culture in the last uh, couple of years. And uh, I, I joined the company about 15 months ago. Prior to this, I'd worked uh, a similar role uh, for a freight railroad uh, based in the Chicago area. And, uh, you know, we're really going through and trying to figure out how, how do we uh, use technology to, to move the business forward and uh, really adapt to the changes. And obviously, a lot has changed in the last couple of months. But, uh, you know, we were certainly uh, moving along a, a good path to that already. Well, thanks for joining us, Nick. We're really pleased to be speaking to you today. I guess uh, we could start off by sort of an overview of what's changed for you with the onset of the pandemic. I would assume that there's a lot of, you know, project prioritization going on right now. Can you give us a, a, an idea of what that looks like? Yeah, so I, I would say, you know, like most companies, we had to look at kind of what, what we were doing in terms of, uh, you know, uh, I outflow of cash and where our priorities were. Um, you know, it, it was certainly, a, it's a time of uncertainty, but it's also a time to really uh, adapt to, to what, what we're seeing in front of us and, and really change from looking at things in, uh, I'd, I'd say, long-term to short-term. Uh, and so that kind of changes, especially in my, you know, in my role, it changes kind of what we need to do from a uh, uh, technology viewpoint, but also in that business intelligence realm, where you know maybe in the past we looked at things in in long term weeks, months, and now we're looking at days and maybe hours. And so uh, you know th there's that aspect. Then there was the aspect of uh, you know moving to remote work. Uh, you know I think everybody's dealing with that. We were luckily, I would say, pretty well uh, set up for it, especially from a management and leadership perspective. Uh, most of us worked remotely anyway. It wasn't like we went to the same office every day. Um, so it was really figuring out which technologies worked for us. 
and uh, what what was our cadence of communication amongst the team, and then how how do you get that down into the field has probably been the the bigger one. Uh, you know, I think we were uh, doing a lot of travel, like a lot of companies, and uh, you know, and now it's it's how do you do that, and how do you use those new mediums to to uh, to get that message across. So Nick, like it's 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 Will here. Let me ask you this. Um... When I've done these podcasts over the last uh, couple of months, what I found is sort of two change vectors, the change of the workforce and how they uh, work together remotely. And it sounds like that's pretty much business as usual for you, like not a lot has changed there. Um, And then also on the other side is the changes with regards to how customers and partners interact with your organization. Has there been much change or acceleration of change on that side of the equation? Uh, I, I think you know we were uh, we were a very high touch uh, business, right? You went into the local business and saw how things were going. Uh, you know, you you did sales calls in person, and I think you know we've moved uh, just like this. We've moved to kind of uh, you know online technologies to interact. Uh, you know, in some ways, I think it it'll be better because you can actually talk to people uh, more frequently. Uh, you know, and then we're, we were looking at anyway moving towards more of the uh, omni-channel approach in, in our interactions with our customers, and so this will only speed it up, right? I think we're all used to uh, kind of that movement anyway, and and now you know the the amount of uh, interaction you have in person needs to be minimized for obviously a healthcare perspective, and just a you know we can't move around as easily as we were uh, two three months ago, and so we, we've seen that for sure. Uh, so, you know, a lot of our home setups have changed. You know, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll be, I've, I'm a good example. I never had a webcam. Uh, there was one on my laptop. I hardly used it. I might've used my iPad if I had to have a video call. Uh, you know, so we had to roll out, uh, webcams, uh, to a lot of our, uh, you know, remote workers. And, uh, you know, we've been using them from, for all aspects, right? From interviews to, uh, meetings with with vendors or partners to to uh, meetings with our customers and any kind of as you look at this uh, pandemic and how it affected you know this has now been well two two months seems a lot longer right but um, um as you go through and assess your vendors and the support uh, was that did you sort of have sort of resilience resiliency programs in place already where you just sort of activated those and now we've got to assess our most important vendors our most important applications um, how, how did that process go for you so I think we did in some aspects and in others, not not at all. And, uh, you know, for me, the, the biggest thing which I've seen, honestly, in the, within the employees is just the amount of teamwork and people stepping up to the plate. Uh, you know, I, in, in a weird way, I think relationships have gotten better, even if we haven't seen each other. I think now we're all dying to finally see each other and celebrate that that's happened. Uh, but, you know, I think in most cases, everybody's everybody's gone beyond beyond you know their original duty or what they've signed up for to work with us we've worked with others you've seen the same from our employees uh, you know and I think we've we've tried to do the same thing with our employees right is every decision you, you try to treat everybody the way you'd want to be treated and I'm not so sure we were doing that <laughs> pre two months ago but it's it's certainly uh, it's it's certainly happened and, and we've uh, I think we've built some uh, really good relationships. You know, the examples would be, uh, you know, our conversation, right? We've never, never met in person. I, I can't tell you how many new vendors I have where that's the situation. And we keep joking, at, you know, when we do, we'll, uh, we'll really, you know, we'll already have a real uh, 
uh, head start on that relationship. And I think that, I think that's good. And, uh, you know, so that, that's a big change. So Nick, now that, um, the pandemic has affected some of the things you guys are focusing on and you're planning for the new normal, what do you envision that to be like? So I, you know, I think for us, the new normal is, is, uh, you know, more of these, uh, remote sessions for sure. I think there's a focus on how do we move our, uh, you know, our operations and our systems to support this this uh, digital world. You know, I, I liken it to um, where you had a lot of personal or in in person contacts with customers, uh, which we had a lot. We have a lot today. Uh, you know, those are going to change, and so how do we how do we support that? Uh, and then how do we improve that customer service aspect? You know, one of, one of kind of historically, right. We always thought of good customer services, you know, I, I take them out for lunch or I meet them for a coffee and how does that, that, that looks different now. Uh, and I, I'm not sure that comes back fully. Uh, you know, maybe it's, you know, you do it once in a while, but you don't do it each, each interaction. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out how to, how to support that, um, you know, I think the the other thing has been, I you, you know, myself and a lot of people I work with, uh, you know, both within Arctic and then also in my my uh, kind of peer community. You know, we were getting a lot of pressure around remote working, and I, I've worked in companies that were against it. I've worked in companies that were all in. Um, I can't tell you how many employees I've interviewed over the years, or or people I've interviewed who were uh, all about it, or. You know, and and I think this experience has shown that it's somewhere in the middle. I I, I think that you know when you you, you look at organizations, we're going to have to change how we set up the office. That's that's a no brainer. Um, I think you know it was funny when I frankly came to Arctic. To, uh, you know, our few offices where we have big big groups of people, they were kind of set up very, uh, you know, late 1990s. Well, and um, at the time, I was like, "Man, we're going to have to redo this, say, for my team, and and make it more collaborative or more what I was used to in, uh, during my, uh, you know, kind of uh, options trading days where we worked in one big big pit, basically." And um, now we're we're actually pretty well set up for the new norm, right? Of how an office should be set up. Uh, so, I, but I think in the same sense, people are are dying to go back and have those physical interaction, in-person interactions, but they also really enjoy the flexibility that you can get out of working from home. And so I think it's going to change kind of uh, what we have to support from a technology standpoint. You know, I, I, I know I've struggled with my internet uh, consistency and, and it never used to bother me, but boy, does it now when I, when I'm going to say I'm on this and, and suddenly I lose my internet, it's a big deal. It uh, never used to be, uh, and we've got to figure that out from a tech perspective, uh, from the organization. Right at, at what level do you, does does it stop and become a a person's personal problem versus a work problem? You know, and and that's one of the things that I you know we're thinking about right now is uh, you know you you liken back to I, I guess when I started my career in in technology twenty years ago, very few of us had the ability to work from home. Uh, and usually it was those of us who were kind of high tech and needed to support. And the, the company basically paid for it, set it up. If, you know, then we went away from it. And now where are we at? Because, uh, you know, we need our employees to be able to work from home. 
And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be an interesting aspect that we'll, uh, we'll have to address. I think that's, uh, it raises an interesting question, maybe not so much for your company, because it seems like you're quite advanced when it comes to re- remote working and working from home. Um, it strikes me to certain maybe um, more laggard companies or more traditional companies where there's certain experiences that we're going to have to somehow replicate with technology. I'm thinking, for example, you know, me bumping into you, Nick, in the kitchen and what you're working on. Or, or, hey, you, I just saw you walk by the meeting room I'm in. Could you pop your head in here and look at this whiteboard? Or even as a manager, you know, walking the halls and popping your head over the the, uh, the the cube, how are things going and checking in? Like all those all those moments, all those experiences, they're not readily available through using a you know, video conference interface. So it'd be interesting for me to see, you know, what, what new technologies. And I was wondering if you've had any thoughts on that, like new cool technologies that might emulate. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. You know, I think I think uh, you know leveraging things. We've been starting to leverage uh, Teams, and I think that's that's one way that you can do it. Um, I do it old school. I still have a notebook that I keep notes um, and kind of my to dos. And I think that that's increased. Uh, you know, this. Uh, you know, we're we're an interesting company. We we do things very old school in a sense, right? We manufacture and deliver ice, but uh, a lot of our kind of management. Um, kind of centralized management and then those those shared services were done either remotely or could have been. And so that's where we, we managed to adapt to that pretty well. And then, you know, everything else is still pretty in touch, right? You got to make the ice, can't do that remotely. Uh, and, and then you got to deliver the ice. And until we have automated trucks, you got to have people to go do that. Uh, and I guess robots to take the ice out and put it in the, in the uh, coolers. But um so, you know, we, we've had a kind of a mix of that. But I, I think in terms of the water cooler, um, I sort of think, uh, you know, this is my first job where I, I've been remote from most of my team uh, the entire time is the, the water cooler thing to me is a is an old school thing that actually was is really more of a, <laughs> a deterrent from positive work. Uh, I know I would have I used to spend countless hours talking about sports, which, of course, I can't wait for live sports to start again. but. Um, you know, and that's where I, I keep a list. And so when we have conversations, I'll jot down things that maybe aren't appropriate for a big group conversation that I, I want to have a one-on-one. I think that's where there's, there's going to be a change. And, uh, you know, you're, we're already, it's a struggle. Sometimes you get everybody on a call, you want to address everything at once. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've had to kind of fight against that. And I'm, I'm certainly guilty of that. Um, but, you know, in terms of crazy new technology, I, you know, it's really leveraging stuff that's been out there just that, you know, people haven't really used. I mean, I, I think I read this morning, you know, Zoom, it was what, 10 million uh, video calls that they were doing before the pandemic. Now it's 300 million. It was already there. Just most of us just didn't mm-hmm. use it. You know, I, I, a good, you know, internally, we, we have two to three calls uh, a week amongst the executive team and have since the day I started. We never did them on video. They were always, you know, the old school, uh, you know, one eight hundred conference call numbers. Uh, recently, we've started doing them on video, and they've gotten even better uh, because we share stuff. Um, we pay better attention, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you're not driving in your car and also having the conversation. And um, so, I think, I think in those aspects, the the current technology can do what we want. It's just actually using it, and uh, and that's what we've started to really do. 
So Nick, one of the other things that I've heard quite often as well is the sort of change in positioning of IT as it relates to the business. I think for some companies, many times IT is seen as a necessary evil, but it appears that there are some companies that are really embracing IT and technology as a way to, to truly differentiate themselves, not only from being a workplace that people want to work in, but also an organization that customers want to interact with. Do you have any views on how this pandemic might shift the perception of IT within perhaps your organization or just, you know, enterprise at large? Yeah, I, I would say that it, it's it's pushing it, right? And uh, I think it was going on in a lot of places already. And then uh, the last two months have made it pretty pretty evident, right? To start off with, you could you can't function without the technology. Um, but then, really, how how do you how do we look at the new norm and how do we compete in that new norm? And a lot of it is through through what you know, Gartner and others call digital transformation. I don't know if that's necessarily the greatest term uh, because, frankly, it's been going on forever, right? That's what technology is. Um, but it, it has moved it to the forefront in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I know for me, my career, I you know, I've been looking for opportunities where I can uh, play a bigger role than just keep the lights on from a technology perspective. And uh, it's nice to see that going on now in all types of industry, whether it be you know, in our case, ice. Uh, you know, in railroading or, you know, transportation to, you know, your, your historically, you know, kind of tech heavy uh, industries. And, um, you know, it's all about having that seat at the table, but you've really got to drive that and you've got to understand, you know, I think you're seeing a, tr- a change too in, in what makes a good CIO. Uh, I remember, geez, probably five, 10 years ago, they were talking about the CIO disappearing, right? Or, or not being relevant. I'd say at that point, many reported to the CFO, uh, you know, so it was all based on cost. And I, I you, you certainly see, have seen that change. Uh, you know, many of my peers won't take a job unless we report directly to the CEO for that exact reason. And, um, you know, and, and, and we certainly embody that, you know, I, I, part of my, what makes my day crazy is not necessarily making tech decisions. It's participating in business meetings and being able to help communicate and understand what where where do we want to go and then how can I help make that happen in some cases it's as a you know trailing let, let me provide the technology for you in other cases it's, it's hey guys did you realize you could do x y and z and um and then really thinking that through and 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 anticipating and being ahead of it you know one of the things that certainly has changed in my 20 years doing this is that uh, and the pandemic has caused it to just, you know, ramp even faster is that decisions have to be made so quickly and you have to be able to deliver so quickly. And, uh, you know, we used to used to take I mean, I remember working on a on a project uh, in my first job when I moved to Chicago. And I think we frankly worked on it for like three years and then it got killed. And it was the most depressing moment of probably my career. Um, now, you know, you have you can't. You would never go three years without, you know, a re- many reviews from the business to give the business that shot. And very rarely would you kill it. You'd really just tweak it and change it, and it evolves over time. And and so that's the, to me that's the the great change of what's going on, and and really where we've gone from, you know, run make sure we have email, you know, or a communication system to, okay, we have a communication system. How are we going to use that? 
to change the business? How are we going to use that to change how we interact with our customers? What what what's the ecosystem or platform to look like that that enables that? And you know, many companies, ourselves included, part of the problem is we didn't think that way for the last fifteen years, and so a lot of our systems are not built to do that. Uh, a lot of, frankly, our partners weren't. Their DNA isn't that. Their DNA was let's create this to address this one need. It wasn't how does this fit into how people run their business. And uh, so, you know, that, that's been one of the things that, you know, we look at when we're evaluating partners is, is, is does this partner get it? Are they really thinking about the business proposition or are they telling me how cool their technology is? You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I never want to go to go to my business and say, hey, I got this sweet, cool new technology. It's really, hey, I got this idea or I heard you guys talking about what you wanted to do in terms of how you want to interact. I got some ideas of, how, of some technology plays that might help us there. I'll never lead with like, look at this sexy new toy, right? Sexy new toys don't last very long, and um, you know sometimes it's it's really about just making people think about that, and then maybe it's a tool like we were talking about. Teams and Zoom have existed for a long time, just people didn't really understand how to use them within their business, and boy, now do we! And uh, so it's taking it further. It, se- it seems to me, whenever I think about a transition, I always think of it across three vectors, right? People, process, tools, or people, process, technology. Sounds to me what you're saying is technology is not the problem. We we got cool gadgets and cool technology. There's lots of cool stuff out there, and surely there'll be new cool stuff as well. Um, what the real the real challenge is? How do you harness this technology within the context of process and people and get them to get, apply it in such a way that it solves a real business problem? That seems to be. Is that would you think that's what you're saying? Yeah, and I I mean I I was lucky enough I had a, a good uh, boss way back in the day who uh, a good CIO who said look. We're force the business to address the process, talk them through it. You have to understand the process. They have to understand the process. Many times they don't. And in that, you'll figure out a solution that either we already have the technology, they don't need any technology. And then if they do, then you help with figuring that out. But don't ever show up with, I found this new technology and then try to slam that into, into the business. And, uh, you know, it's certainly something I've lived tried to live. I've, my teams uh, certainly take the same approach. And uh, we're really seeing that today. And uh, and then, you know, it's it's about sitting there and intelligently understanding how your business runs. And, and that's a big change. You know, we, we try to really focus on, uh, you know, from, from your beginning developer to your, uh, you know, business intelligence person to myself to, you know, my direct reports. We've got to be embedded in the business. And I think that, you know, you, we were talking earlier where where's where's an issue right now and i'd say that's the issue that that we're struggling with uh is that we've got to do that remotely right now it's you know we can't just you know one of the things that i did from the get-go and i've been trying to do uh you know as i traveled the company is you know every six or seven weeks trying to get on a truck and actually do a delivery actually live the life of of our front line which is our delivery uh you know drivers and um I learn a lot because a lot of things that I think might work, I realize won't. And other things, uh, great ideas come from just, you know, those ride-alongs. And right now, it's not safe to do that for many reasons, right? And so we've got to figure out how to do that virtually and how to kind of uh, set the tone for that. And that's that's a thing where, you know, everybody's trying to figure out right now. Well, I think you're... Uh... Your message of IT and technology has to think about the business and talk in business terms and solve business problems 
is one that certainly we here at Business Design advocate. Traditionally on this podcast, we talk to enterprise architects, and that's a key message all the time is this is not about you know, a, a cool technology. It's not about, you know, architectural semantics. It's important, but the outcome is affecting business change. So, Nick, you mentioned uh, in one of your last comments the fact that CIOs nowadays won't even take a role unless they're reporting to their CEOs. How has your relationship with your CEO changed or has it because of the pandemic? So I, you know, I, I think the relationship hasn't necessarily changed other than the fact that we, uh, you know, as a leadership team, we talk every day, which we weren't doing before. Um, you know, I, I, he was very strong on the fact that, uh, you know, I should report to him and that, and that we needed to operate as one and that, uh, you know, so that hasn't necessarily changed. I think, you know, the priorities, as I was mentioning earlier, have changed. And so that's where talking every day has been key and uh, really understanding how we're going to change as, as a business and, and where his, his focus uh, is, is, is important. Uh, but things haven't really changed in our, in our viewpoint, uh, you know, in the relationship uh, I think just like his relationship with all his direct reports, we now talk on a daily basis, which has really enabled us to act as one and uh, and pivot. Because I think, you know, the pandemic has caused us to have to pivot every day, right? Everything changes uh, in a business like ours spread across North America. It, it changes locally, too, which is, is a new thing. Hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, I've been wondering if this will continue forever. Uh, in the sense that we talk every day, I actually, I think it's good. I, you know, I think it, it gives us a half hour, hour to make sure we're all on the same page as we move forward. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I, hopefully that, that aspect continues. So I think overall, we're lucky and, and things haven't changed that much. Uh, I'm sure in other companies, though, that that's happened. So, Nick, I'd like to thank you for your time today. And Brenda, also thank you for your time. Um, I wish you the very best. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on on the podcast and listening to the perspective of a CIO. Um, very useful to us. So I hope you keep uh, very safe during these times. And um, so once again, Brenda, Nick, thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Nick, and in particular, his views on what makes a great CIO and how the idea that 10 years ago the CIO was seen as a thing of the past, but now they are moving to filling a key seat at the leadership table, being able to understand where the business wants to go, and how they can support that and also bring new technology ideas to the table to change and transform the business. For more podcasts, blogs, and recorded webinars, please visit us at www.bizdesign.com, where there is a wealth of information available. If you would like to tell your story and feature on this podcast, then please email me, willscott, at podcast at bizdesign.com. Bizdesign is a leader in the area of enterprise architecture software and supports enterprise architecture teams in delivering value to the organizations with a key focus on the value outcomes of advancing strategy, optimizing operations, and reducing risk. Thank you for your time. <laughs>